Hello everyone, Happy New Year and welcome back to Hope Delivers. Today we have a special guest, our very first guest, Peyton Davis. Hello, hello. And we will be talking about the birth of Jesus Christ. We're going to be in Luke 2, 1 through 21. So let's go and jump right on in. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria, and all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son, and wrapped him in swaddling clothes, and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. So, if you go back, a common mistake in people, they may get the part mixed up with Matthew chapter 4, I believe. 3, 2? Matthew chapter 2, okay, yes. Um where Herod is sending the wise men because Herod wants to know where Jesus is because Herod wants to kill Jesus because he wants to be the true king of the world. Now, with Caesar, though, he was doing this mostly just because overpopulation, and but we all see that Joseph was... Going back to Bethlehem, and he had stayed there for the census, and Jesus was born, which Jesus really wasn't from Nazareth, correct? He was from Bethlehem. He was born in Bethlehem. Right. And it was just, they gave him Jesus of Nazareth because of Joseph being from Nazareth yeah. originally. Now, do you have... Any input on that? Yeah, so I do agree a lot of people can kind of uh, mix up Herod and Caesar Augustus. Now, um, obviously when we were younger in Sunday school and things, if you guys ever did go, um, we all hear about Herod being this big bad guy, right? Um, but I want to put yourself in a position, let's say you're a really high, let's say you're a celebrity, um, right? And you see some upcoming kid, you're like the top celebrity right now. And you see some upcoming kid who is really good at what you're doing and seems like he's going to come take your job, right? Now, obviously, Jesus is part of a way bigger picture than King Herod, but understandably, you can see how a human could think, oh, I need to get rid of this threat to my uh, fame and my fortune, right? And so we all see Herod as this terrible person, when in reality, a lot of us would be doing the same things. Um, so, uh, like Hoover was saying, Herod sends the wise men, and he doesn't want the wise men to think he's like some bad murderer, right? So, he tells the wise men, tell me where Jesus is so I can go worship him. Um, a word was given to Herod and the wise men by a prophet saying that the Son of God was going to be born. Um, and so that's the difference between Herod and Caesar Augustus. At this time, I don't believe Caesar Augustus even knew who Jesus was, um, I don't think he heard from any prophets or anything, but obviously overpopulation and Rome is just getting so big at this time. 
Um, the Caesar Augustus is right around the time at the very peak, right before the fall of Rome. Um, so this is when Rome's at its biggest. It has the most area that it's ever had. Um, so yeah, just know that Caesar at this moment in time is not a super big threat to Jesus. That is um, Herod. Yes. Herod. Yeah, that's really all I have to add about that. So if you want to pick it up in verse 8. All right. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 says, And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of heavenly host praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. Alright, it's so looking back to the beginning of them. So basically, you had the shepherds out in the field. And like earlier, we were comparing them to... Pretty much a McDonald's worker, just like somebody that you don't think about. Somebody that you would almost call a nobody because nobody really thinks about them. And the most thought that gets put into a McDonald's worker probably is that 15% tip that you give them or something like that. But whenever you look at them, they're not important people to anyone really. I mean, yes, they're watching over their flocks and all that, but... The thing is, if they're struggling in life, whether it's financial or family, anything like that, sickness, they're the ones going to go to the Lord because they're not greedy. They don't have that much money. They're just regular people. They're on our level almost, except, yes, we are more privileged nowadays. But they were out in the fields, and an angel appears to them, and like, that's like one of the most crazy things that could happen to a person. Like, you could be walking down a street, a big glowing person shows up in front of you. Who knows how many wings, how many eyes. Nobody truly knows what they would look like. But they came up to them, and they were scared. And they said, Fear not, for behold, I bring you... Good news of great joy. First things first. A big, bright person appears in front of you. You probably think your life's ending. You're seeing... You probably think, I just saw the light. <laughs> I'm leaving heaven. I'm leaving for heaven. Not heaven. <laughs> <laughs> but... That's probably what you're thinking. You probably think the angel's there to take you away or something. And that it's the end of the world or something like that. But no. It's more of a new beginning. It's good news. So yes, you would be fearing that. But you want to take that perspective. And like... If you were in their shoes... Yes, you're scared. Yes, all this is happening. But if you trust in the Lord, you know that the angel is of the Lord and you're not 
if you don't think that you're being deceived by the devil or anything like that, and you're getting lies, then there's nothing really to fear. Mm -hmm. So, what's your input on that? Um, a lot of what you said, um, just kind of looking back to uh, how it says, uh, the shepherds out in the field, like you were saying, the McDonald's workers, what we talked about on uh, a few minutes ago, is it's like a nobody. It's someone you don't really think about that much. Um, and the thing that we see very common in Scripture is that God likes to use people that don't have a very big uh, fame or fortune in life um, already and likes to do things through them. We see it very, we see it a lot in Scripture, right? We yeah. see it in David. David was a shepherd. We're talking about shepherds right now. And he becomes the greatest king to ever live, right? Yeah. Except Jesus, of course. Um, but we see, I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of Casting Crowns, but they have a song called Nobody. And the lyrics of the chorus go, I'm just a nobody trying to tell everybody all about somebody who saved my soul. Um, and thinking about that as all these people who are nobodies, all of us are nobodies uh, compared to God, right? But he loves to use people like us who aren't these big names and aren't these super uh, famous people and likes to do big works through us. Um, now, don't get me wrong. There are really big names that God is clearly working through and doing great things through. Um, but it's important to know you're a huge part of God's plan, too. It's not just those big names that you, even if you think you're a nobody, you are just as essential into God's plan as all of those other famous people. Uh, so, yeah, that's really my input on that. All right. So, picking up in verse 15. When angels went away from, the, from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. And when they saw it, they made known the saying that had been told them concerning this child. And all who heard it wondered at what the shepherds told them, but Mary treasured up all these things, pondering them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all they had heard and seen, as it had been told to them. And at the end of eight days, when he was circumcised, he was called Jesus, the name given by the angel before he was conceived in the womb. So, we were talking about this earlier. Jesus had his name already. Like, Jesus had his name before the angels appeared to Mary and Joseph, to the shepherds, to any of them. We knew that he was going to come back because he was being prophesied in the Old Testament. The Old Testament, even in the beginning, the very beginning of the Bible, it's already pointing to him. So, when the angels went away into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let us go to Bethlehem. Well, yes, Bethlehem was the place of David, and everybody gathered there. And we don't want to see, we see Bethlehem as a big place, but Jesus was born in a small place. Jesus was born in the manger, an open place. He was not very privileged growing up. And, like, you see a bunch of animals around him usually in the story. 
and people are coming to him, he's lying in a manger, which is no crib, it's nothing. It's really just a box probably used for food for the animals or anything like that. So, he was not a privileged person. And if you look at yourself, you're probably a very privileged person right now. You have so much around you. And there's people in this world who are born probably almost just like Jesus was out in the open. I mean, you probably don't see that very often in America or anywhere like that. But, like, you go to different countries in the world and, like, it's the small places that nobody pays attention to that really need the biggest help. And nobody pays attention to that and people wind up getting sick, whatever. They're not privileged. Mm -hmm. So, your take on that. So, I see a lot of what you're saying um, in these verses, especially with the uh, us kind of being privileged um, in a way. And not saying that everyone lives a life in a golden castle and gets everything they want all the time. But I know I don't know a single person besides the scriptures and talking about Jesus that was born in a manger. And if you don't know what a manger is, it is a feeding block for a bunch of disgusting little animals in a barn. The, f the food that they eat, all the gross muck and stuff is in there, right? So this baby is being laid in the muck of barn animal food. In a little cradle type thing, I guess you want to call it. But it's filled with all this food that... And don't think food is in, oh, 12-ounce ribeye, medium <laughs> well steak. Like, it's, it's not that kind of food. It's disgusting it's food. Yeah, it's slop. Um, and I think that almost all of you guys listening to this podcast, uh, if whatever you're listening to this podcast on, whether it be your phone, tablet, computer, that's way more privileged than Jesus ever had just owning that device that you're listening on. So even being grateful for that, um, realizing that the Lord of all Lords was born in that place, um, and the things that you have in life, um, it's very easy to uh, look at ourselves and realize how much we don't have instead of looking at ourselves and realizing how much we do have and how much other people's don't. There's a uh, parable I once heard, and it is, a man can go a few days without brushing his teeth and not smell his own breath, but everyone else in the room will smell it, and it will be bad smelling. It is very, very, very easy to look around and smell everyone else's breath. The hard thing to do is look at your own and smell your own and fix it. And now while that is at the bad things, it's very important to realize um, in the sense of having things and being grateful for them. It's very easy to look at our own lives in sorrow and saying, oh, I mean, I live in a $300,000 home and uh, I have this wonderful iPhone I'm looking at right now, but you know what? I could have the newest iPhone, and I could live in a $600,000 house. Like, what's the point in that? You could also be in a manger when you were born, but you weren't. That's where God was put, and so we need to be grateful for what we have. Um, and again, what you were saying with the um, name, Jesus had his name before humans were made, let alone before Mary and Joseph and all of them were born. Um, and I think 
I'm not 100% sure, don't quote me on this, but in Jewish uh, religion, after you get circumcised is when you get your name, is what I, I believe mm. how it works. Now, there might be more details to that that I'm not aware of. Um, and if any of you have more to tell me about that, then no more. Please uh, stay in touch with me and tell me. But um, it has something to do with circumcision is when you get your name. And I'm putting quotes up. I don't really know the whole thing. But um, showing that, that circumcision... Uh, back in that time was a very important thing. It's because it's what gave you your name, who you were, yeah. kind of. Um, so seeing how that works is kind of interesting. Uh, in uh, a podcast that I do with denominations and different religions, uh, seeing how that's a very important thing in the Jewish faith um, is kind of cool to see. But yeah, that's all I have for that. I mean, like, we also see they go to the inn, they ask for a room, and nobody's willing to give up room for the pregnant lady who's about to give birth to the king of the world, the yeah. person who will one day come back and conquer Satan and the devil and everything will go back to being perfect. Mm-hmm. So, yes, we don't have a perfect life. And Jesus... Yes, he lived a perfect, sinless life, but he didn't live in a perfect world. He lived Mm -hmm. in a place where he was born in a manger. There was an inn that he could have been in, but nobody was willing to give it up for him. And Jesus is the only one who would be willing to give up that space for us. So, that probably about wraps it up. Is there anything else you want to add in? Um... You know, as the New Year's come around, um, I talked about this with Grant a few minutes ago, but uh, something that we see a lot in the New Year's is resolutions, right? We see a lot of New Year's resolutions, uh, whether it's, oh, I'll be on a better diet, or I'll make new friends this year, anything like that, a simple New Year's resolution. Um, I have one that I want all of you to find, okay? I want all of you to just close your eyes um, and think of someone that you know that does not know Christ. Okay, can be anyone, a friend, a family member, a loved one, anything like that. Okay, and I want your New Year's resolution to be to let God work through you to that specific person, and by the end of the year, that person come to know Christ. Now, again, I don't want any of you thinking that it is us who saves a person. That is God. Jesus is the person who saves His people, His son and His sons and daughters, all of them. It's not our doing. Now, can we help and can we show God through us? Of course, it's what we're called to do as Christians. Um, And that's what I'm asking you guys to work on. So don't beat yourself up if this person isn't saved by the end of the year because that's God's job. Just all I ask you guys to do is really think of someone and work God, let God work through you to that specific person. Now, if you are someone who, second I said that, go boom, that person I think that might be God's way of telling you this person needs you right now and kind of needs your guidance to show them who I really am. And that might be what God meant by that. And maybe there's some of you out there who don't really know uh, who you could help. And that's where I'm asking you to really think and think over that, whether you're listening at nighttime or right before you go to bed, just think of somebody who could really use that. Um, Because I promise you there are a ton of them. Or maybe some of you say, man, I don't, know any people who aren't Christians. and What I have to say to that is, well, it's time to make some new friends because (laughs) 
every single Christian's job is to go spread the word to non-believers. And so that's my New Year's resolution for you guys. Yes, and even in the Bible we see us as disciples of the Lord, we are called to be fishers of men. So we need to go help people come to Jesus. Mm -hmm. So keep that in mind throughout the whole year. Work on one person, even if it's just one person at a time, or if you have many people that you're getting together and trying to help through different problems, just keep that in mind. So I think that about wraps it up, and hopefully another episode pretty soon. And thank you all.